Just by a show of hands, how many of y'all like to wait? Do we have anybody who just love waiting? Got one person who raised their hand, and I don't even know if I believe you. I love you, but I don't know. You know what we are? We are an on-demand culture and on-demand people. Like, we don't want to wait for commercials, and so we go ahead and we pay a little bit extra so we can avoid them, right? We got Netflix, so we don't have to watch any of the, the breaks or anything. We don't even have to wait until 7 o'clock for our show to come on. Like, we are an on-demand, instant gratification culture. You want to know how I can prove it? You eat at Arby's and Hardee's. That's how I can prove it. You'll go into a Popeye's restaurant and eat their food, and if you've ever been in one, they're absolutely disgusting on the inside, even though their fried chicken might taste good. Like, we are an instant gratification people. We want it, but we want it yesterday. We don't even want it now anymore. That's why we don't have the good popcorn. We have the microwavable popcorn that leaves that film taste in your mouth. You know what I'm talking about? And as you think through this, the thing about our lives and the way that we should live, godly biblical lives, is in complete opposition to our culture in many ways, but specifically when it comes to patience and impatience. And so what we're doing is we're walking through the Word of God and we are getting wisdom for how we can live our lives. We are looking for life hacks from the Bible for us to deal with certain areas, to help the weak and to be patient with everyone, including ourselves. And so what I want you to do is turn to Proverbs chapter 14. We're going to be jumping around Proverbs, as is the nature of wisdom literature in the Scripture in this kind of genre. But as we're here, what I want you to understand is that in the middle of Proverbs 14, God gives the king and the rulers this passage, this thought on patience. And so Proverbs 14 is addressing a king, a ruler who is to lead his people, lead his people well, lead them according to biblical wisdom and sound doctrine. And right in the middle of it, Proverbs 14, 29, he says this, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. He's saying that if you want to be a man of wisdom, if you want to be a man of understanding, if you want to be the kind of man, you've got to be patient. And the, like, the, the opposite of that is true. Whoever is slow to anger, you have wisdom, but if you're quick to anger, you have, I'm just curious. How many of you in your life have ever said, yeah, I've been quick-tempered? How many of you are lying who aren't raising your hand? <laughs> How many of you in the same breath would also say, I want to be a person of folly. I want to act foolish. Anybody in here like, yeah, that's what I want to be known for. The quick-tempered hothead. Like, that's what I want. Well, we know it, but the reality is some of us still deal with it. In fact, all of us deal with this. And the problem with patience is whenever we think of it, a lot of times in our mind we say, well, it's just who I am. I just struggle with this and we accept it. But the reality is that patience is not an option for the believer. Patience is a command of God for the believer. Patience is a command because it shows that we believe that God is control, that God's moving, that he's working among us. And patience really begins with the affirmation that God is in control. 
Patience shows that when things aren't going our way, that we trust God has a plan. Patience shows that even though those around us may not be living a life that we agree with or that we want, maybe our parents, maybe our children, maybe our siblings, that we have faith that God is moving and working, that he will work it out. Patience gives us the ability to stay the course when things don't go our way. Patience is essential as a follower of Jesus Christ. Patience is essential for the church. Patience is essential for us as First Baptist Rowlett. Because I can tell you this. When I came here eight years ago, I was sure God had given us a vision. I knew it was a vision for First Baptist Rowlett because it wasn't mine, but God planted it on my heart. That we should relocate. And I remember thinking, you give us three, four, maybe five years, we're going to have this out. And then we had everything in place, right? Everything in place for the relocation. Seven days away from the deal being done and us starting construction and then COVID hit, right? And as we're going through this, we have new obstacles with the city, new obstacles with permitting and special use and zoning overlay and these things that make me go nuts. And in the midst of it, I can say, God, where are you in this? God, why aren't you faithful? Why isn't this working? But patience tells me that God's still sovereign, God's still in control, and it allows me to slow my roll. Patience allows me to take a step back and say, I don't have to understand to trust. I don't have to know X, Y, and Z to believe. But patience gives me ability to rest in God in restless times. In the patience that we are to call that we're called to live according to is found throughout scripture like we, we can look throughout proverbs proverbs 19 21 says many are the plans in the mind of a man but it is the purpose of the lord that will stand we have plans they don't go our way but we've got to trust that god is still in control when things don't move our way, we don't throw up our hands and say, Lord God, where are you? We continue to believe and hope in the Lord God that he will come through. Look at Colossians. It says this in verse 16 and 17 of chapter 1. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether the thrones or the dominions or rulers or authority, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things are held together. God is in control even when it does not make sense to us. God is the one who's working all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And patience shows that we can rest in him, that we can trust in him. And patience is essential for every step along our spiritual journey. And as you think through this, there are some of you right now struggling with patience, right? There are some of you who might have a difficulty in your mind. Maybe you're dealing with an issue in your life or a sibling's life or a child's life. And as you're thinking through that, you're like, God, where are you? This plays out in our church. Like we have this focus for 2022. We're asking God to pour out his spirit on his people, on our church. We're saying, dear Lord, we want you to pour out your spirit on us. We're asking you to work powerfully among us to show how real you are, how mighty you are, how transformational you are. And as you think through this, you might be thinking about your connect group. You might be the teacher, the director, one of the people in there, and you're like, man, we have some negativity or we have some criticism or things aren't like growing the way we want. You might be sitting there saying, God, this is my prayer for our connect group, for my small group. God, pour out your spirit on us. And we're at the end of January, and you might look, and it hasn't happened. You're like, well, I gave that a try. I'm going to move on to the next thing and just get over it. 
Can I tell you, patience allows us to stay the course and wait on God because God is moving, God is working, even when we don't feel like he's working. God is moving even when we feel like he's not moving. God's work around us is not dependent on our time. It's dependent on his time. And sometimes it's a process to make sure that God's spirit being poured out on us, that revival, that transformation, that salvation takes place. And we need to understand this. Oftentimes, God's time and our time are not the same time. Like what we want is God's spirit to be poured out on us on everybody in a church But sometimes our time and God's time are not the same time. Like, we can look at what happened last week. We were so blessed as a church, so blessed. We got to see our largest group ever go to one weekend. We saw in one weekend over 200 students there. They're not all ours, but we came together. We saw 22 salvations. We saw rededications. We saw people commit to Uh, baptism, we saw people commit to service, people start contemplating, dedicating their life, surrendering to vocational ministry, and we can look at that and say, well, God did it with them, it worked, he didn't do it with me, we're going to stop, we're going to move on, but the reality is oftentimes God's time, our time, not the same time, so patience allows us to rest and trust in him, and also catch this, a lack of patience creates harm to self and others. When we get impatient, there is damage that occurs to ourselves and to others. When we get impatient and we don't rest in God, we don't trust in God, it'll allow us to hit the gas and move in ways that we shouldn't. Now, let me give you an an example that I think we can all understand here. Any of y'all ever taught a 15-year-old, 16-year-old how to drive? Any of y'all ever done that? I got a 16-year-old as of yesterday. I know what you're thinking. He doesn't look old enough for that. Most of you are like, doesn't look old enough for that. I'm surprised you don't have grandkids at this point. But let me tell you what happens. This is my life. It has been my life. Many a night, I get home from work. We have dinner, put Carly to bed, sometimes put Clay to bed, depending on how he's acting. And then I get with Chloe, and she drives, and I sit in the passenger side. Right? And as she's driving, she's there to practice. And so this week, I put her in a situation that made her contemplate what to do. We were in a left-hand turn only lane, but we needed to go right. And whenever we were pulling into this lane, I stopped her. I said, you're in the wrong lane. We need to go right. And you could see the wheels turning in her brain, right? As she was contemplating, how am I going to go right? She's looking over her shoulder. She's looking in the mirror, rear view mirror. And I can tell what she wants to do, like her mom is just pull over into that right-hand lane. (laughs) Right? But if she were to do that, there's negative consequences for turning right in a left-hand only turn lane. For instance, if the wrong person sees you, specifically a police officer, you're going to get a ticket for, for making an illegal turn. If there is a car that you don't see, and you turn into it, you're going to have to deal with a wrecked car. If you turn and another car is coming that you can't see and you panic, you could end on top of a median, right? All kinds of bad things can happen because you're impatient. So in that moment where it's, we need to go right in a left-hand turn only lane, there's an opportunity to talk to her. What is the right move to do here? Because what your gut is going to tell you What your will is going to tell you is go ahead and and turn right anyway. But with your dad sitting on the right of you in the the passenger seat, 
Dad's going to tell you, you go ahead and take that left. You find a place to turn over. Do this the right way. Deal with it the right way. You're going to be safe. You're not going to do any harm to yourself and others. But we don't catch this all the time. When we are impatient in relationships, when we are impatient in struggles, when we are impatient in conflict, when we are impatient with God moving and working, all it does is hurt God's will in our life. All it does is hurt relationship and cause destruction, causes harm to ourselves and others. So we need to be patient. And please catch this. There's something I think very true about patience that we miss. Patience, we think sometimes, is a sign of weakness or ignorance, but it's quite the opposite. Patience displays strength. It takes a mighty man or mighty woman to be patient in adversity. Proverbs 16, 32 through 30 says this, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Do you understand the context of this? He's saying whoever is patient is more mighty, is better than the, the strongest of men. It is better for you to be patient than to overtake a city. The lot is cast into the lap, but it is every decision that is from the Lord. Wisdom is in patience. Strength and might is in patience. Patience is the strength of will to navigate the obstacles and challenges that we face. It takes a heck of a lot more strength to wait for God to pan out, to be patient with the person on your left and right, the person in front of you, behind you, than it does just to rush to a decision, to be hasty. It shows strength that your faith is strong, strength that your love is strong, Strength that your heart is strong. It takes strength to be patient. We want the result now, the instant gratification, right? And, and just so you know, I, I've had different workout goals in my life. In 2021, what I wanted was to be stronger. And make no mistake about this, not only do I have a 16-year-old, I have a 13-year-old, I want him to always know I can whoop his tail. And so... I decided I was going for strength in 2021, and I'm way stronger than Coleman now, believe that. But the problem was, is I was trying to, to gain strength and the ability to lift more in my workouts. I went to the gym, and I remember starting out in 2021, I was like, this is my goal, and I put it on there, and I couldn't move the bar. And so I stormed out of the gym, I was like, what the heck, I'm here to get stronger. It didn't happen in one day, right? No. I went in there, I knew where I was, I knew where I wanted to be, and I had a process throughout the year to get stronger. It takes time to build that strength, and it takes a man or a woman of wisdom to be a part of that process of growth and maturity. Like your faith might be weak, and you're like, Lord, I want to be a man of great faith. Like your patience might be slow, and you might say, God, I want to be a man of great patience, or Lord, I don't have enough trust in you, so I need to, to grow in trust. 
What we need to understand is God will use situations when we need to grow in patience, wisdom, faith, trust, hope, love. Not that we're going to get it instantly, but he's going to give us situations to where we can grow in our strength, grow in our wisdom, grow in our love, grow in our compassion. He doesn't just gift it to us. He gives us situations in the same way that we work out, that we can gain strength to where we can work out spiritually so we can gain those attributes of God in our hearts and our lives. It is a process, and it takes a mighty man, mighty woman of God to endure the process of growth and maturation in their heart and their life. And it takes a man or woman of strength to allow others to come along that process of growth and maturity. Do you know what a killer of relationships is? Impatience. I want you to be here. You're back there, and I'm not going to wait for you to grow and mature. Patience prevents strife. Patience prevents conflict. Patience gives God time to work. When we have strife with others we're close to, whether it's in our marriage, in our family, at work, at church, we need to have patience with one another. You might consider yourself mature and strong in in an area and you don't want anything to do with someone else because they're immature. Understand this. It is the job of the mature to bend to the immature. No baby ever wakes up in the middle of the night to take care of the mother because the baby's immature. The mom wakes up in the middle of the night to feed the baby, to change the baby. And the mature don't need to throw a fit and whine and cry every time time things don't go their way, we need to be patient and allow God to work in us and others because patience displays wisdom. Look at Proverbs 25, 15. It says, with patience, a ruler may be persuaded and a soft tongue will break a bone. What we need to understand about patience, not only is it a command of God Patience really reflects spiritual maturity and maturity in life and living. Patience reflects biblical living. Anybody in in this room have somebody that, that challenges you? They challenge your love? They challenge your Christ likeness? If y'all live with somebody like that, if you're an empty nester, do not raise your hand. Patience reflects biblical living in this sense. Love is patience. Love is patient. And so when you're able to have patience with your child when they're not living the way you want them to or patient with your spouse when they're not doing what you told them to do, when you are able to have patience at work, patient in your connect group, patient with your friends, it shows that you love them that you're willing to suffer long, that you understand what the scripture says, not only in 1 Corinthians 13, 4, but Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. I therefore, prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Do you know why Paul was urging them, the church at Ephesus, to walk in a manner worthy of their calling? Because they weren't walking in a manner worthy of their calling. They had backbiting. They had terrible theology. They weren't preaching the word. They were talking about self-help and these things that we think are new today but are still common today. They weren't living their faith. They were being evil and wicked with one another. And Paul's sitting there in prison, in chains, under arrest, and he's saying, I, Paul, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Paul displaying patience to the church. 
But we're going to look at our brothers and sisters in Christ who aren't as mature as we want them to be, who aren't making the decisions we want to be, and be like, what is wrong with you? You're an idiot loser who's never going to get them done with you. No, we urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. And please miss this. You're no better than anybody else. We don't get to point fingers at people we think are immature and say, God's done with you, I'm done with you, I'm moving on with my life. We have to be patient. Therefore, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility. You want to know how you can be a person of patience? Be a person of humility and gentleness with patience. With patience, there is always an accompanying party of humility and gentleness, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. If we're going to do this thing called church, if we're going to live a Christian life, if we're going to be God-honoring as First Baptist Rowlett, we must live in patience with one another. Not impatient, but in, I-N, patience. Characterized by the same patience God gives us. Look at Psalm 37, 7. It says, be still therefore before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourselves over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. This is for the self-righteous. Because a lot of times we look at other people that we're impatient with, but we fail to realize that we are the ones who need to be patient. We are the ones who are lacking faith. We are the ones who are lacking grace. We are the ones who are lacking joy. And as you think through this, We need to live biblically and be patient ourselves on God. When things don't go our way, we don't throw up our hands, distraught, acting like a baby. When things don't go our way, we hold the course. We steady the line and we move towards God, not away from him. That's what patience reflects, biblical living. But don't miss this. Patience also reflects Christ-like grace and mercy. One of the most dangerous things a believer can do is forget what they were saved from. I don't care if you were saved at eight or 88. The reality of your situation is that before Christ, you were far from God. You were a person of evil, and we don't like to talk about ourselves that way. But everything that God died for is defined in a person who has ever been born because you're far from God, right? We're born with a sin nature. You don't have to teach a child how to lie. You don't have to teach a 20-year-old how to live in a poor fashion or poor manner. It comes instinctively. But God in his great love for us, God in his grace, God in his mercy, strives with us. He grinds it out with us. He continues to offer his love. That's why long-suffering and patient are interchanged in your text. He suffers long for you and me. And so whenever we think about who we are apart from Christ, apart from Christ, I was dead in my sin. Apart from Christ, I was bound for hell. Apart from Christ, I was far from God. God wasn't even thought. In fact, Scripture defines me as an enemy of God. But God in his love and his grace and his mercy sent his son Jesus down who lived a perfect life. In living a perfect life, he became a perfect sacrifice. He died on the cross, and he bore all of my sin, all of my wrongdoing. He took upon himself. He hung on a cross where he bled, and he died. He was buried, and having satisfied the wrath of God, he rose victorious. That is Christ. 
And if we're patient with others, we don't give up on people because they're not living the way we want to. We don't give up on people because they're not moving in our direction. We don't give up on people because they're far from God. We exhibit the same kind of love, the same kind of steadfastness that Christ gave us. And we don't give up on people. And we don't walk away from them. And we don't abandon our faith or the faithful. Because we never know what God's doing in the shadows. This week, going back to last Saturday, I shared, some of y'all heard that a friend of mine I've known for six years, more than six years, shared the gospel with this guy like the first time we went to lunch. I knew he didn't know anything about God. And if he did, he didn't reflect one thing about God. Shared the gospel, he's like, nah, man, I'm good. But we, we still went to lunch. We were still friends. I shared the gospel with him. Church members here who play baseball with us shared the gospel with him. Nothing. Year after year, nothing. No change. Lifestyle, just as bad. Decision, just cesspool of bad decision. Bad decision after bad decision. Just life always in shambles. Last Saturday, getting ready to coach our basketball game, which we won, thank you very much. Comes up to me right before the start of the game. Man, I got to talk to you. It's like, what's up? I don't want to go to hell when I die. What? I, I didn't share Jesus with him that week. I checked with None of my friends shared Jesus with him that week. He just hopped online and watched a sermon. What, what, what do we do in like year two, three, four? We, we give up and walk away and be like, well, he's a lost cause? Is that what God does to us? No. God never stops. His love is never ending. And when we are patient with others, we say, guess what? Monday, supposed to go to breakfast. He slept in. Tuesday, we went to breakfast. Got to look at him on Monday and be like, I'm done with you. No. We went to breakfast on Tuesday. And I waited 30 minutes because he slept in on Tuesday too. It's a fact. We're sitting there, we're talking like, what's going on in your life? Tell me what God's doing. He's like, man, I'm starting to get things going. I don't want to blow it. I, need, I know I need to get this thing right in my life. Talked. He makes his profession of faith. February 13th, he's getting baptized. Right there. Patience. Am I great? No. God is great. His Holy Spirit is great. We can't give up on others. And we need to remember, for by grace we have been saved. For by grace we've been saved through faith, not through checking boxes. For by grace you have been saved. It is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not of works. God's works in the shadows. God works when we don't feel like he's working. God works when we don't see the results that we want. God works when we think he's abandoned us. God's hand is still on everything. It's not a result of works. So no one can boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You want to give up on others? Remember this verse. God's working on them. By grace through faith, they'll be saved. And for the believer who's not doing what you think, maybe you're the person that's not doing what you think you ought to be doing, you were created in Christ Jesus for works. You're his workmanship that he's prepared. He wants to use you. He will. God's patient with you. He's going to knock down all your excuses. He's going to move you towards the cross to where you respond to the grace of God in your life. God will do great things if you let him.
And don't, don't miss this. I, I want to read this quote. This guy named George Horn said this. Patience strengthens the spirit, sweetens the temper, stifles anger, extinguishes envy, subdues pride, bridles the tongue, restrains the hand, and tramples on temptation. In other words, it is the key to being like Jesus. So how do we live out patience? Like what is the key for us to live out patience? What is the Bible life hack for us to be patient? I think it starts with what James 119 tells us. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. If you want to be a man or woman of patience, be slow to speak and quick to listen. The majority of conflict in our life, the reason that we get frustrated with people, generally the number one source of conflict and tension in relationships is poor communication. Be slow to speak, quick to listen. Hear others out. Make sure you understand what the issue is. Understand what's going on in their heart and their life. And understand that you might be the central person that God's going to use to bring about life change in somebody else. Number two, and quick to evaluate. Be slow to judgment. Be slow to judgments and quick to evaluate. Don't assume you know what's going on in someone else's head. You don't. You're not that smart. I've been with Christy almost two decades. I still don't know what she's thinking half the time, and she never knows what I'm thinking. Be patient, slow to judgment, quick to evaluate. Take a step back and say, God, what are you doing here in my life? God, what are you doing in their life? God, what do you want from me? Take a step back, pray, seek the will of God. And instead of reacting like an immature baby, instead of reacting to every hardship, be slow to anger and quick to compassion. Compassion for the person you're frustrated with, compassion for yourself. And I believe if we just live out scripture, if we live out James 1.19, that we can take all the Proverbs and actually take that wisdom and apply it to our daily, take that knowledge and apply it to our daily lives so we can be men and women who walk in the wisdom of patience.